Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have a wild dog amber ale. Mm, I like amber ales. So this is actually from a brewery called uh, Wild Dog Time and Beer. Ooh. And this brewery is actually Wild from dog. Lusaka, Zambia in Africa. This is from the capital of Zim- Zambia. Zambia. East Africa. East African beer. Mm. I've actually been to Africa. Yeah, I think you've mentioned South, that before. Southeastern Africa. Hurry, boy, she's waiting there for you. Oh, man, it's groovy. But anyways, so something I did want to bring up, as we're in the beginning of October, a.k.a. spooky season. Sinister season. I love, I love when the October. freaks I love, come out to play. I love fall and October season. Mm. I do too. I, I I like cooler weather. I like fall and I like spring. I, I like the in between weather. I think that's the best weather is the in between weather. I agree. But I but I've always liked fall mainly because I've enjoyed Halloween. Oh right, right. Celebrating Halloween. Old Saints Day. Pagan holiday, right? Yeah, I think so. All Hallows Eve. Yeah, you kind of have a lot of fall festival things. Yeah. Sort of, you know, I guess traditionally bringing in, like, the harvest. Yeah. I mean, well, they're considered pagan, but they actually originated from pagan practice. Almost every holiday did. What ended up happening was these were customs that were established amongst many different cultures. And as time went on and society grew and expanded, these cultures would begin to mesh with each other. And they would blend different customs with each other. So it's kind of one of the interesting reasons why... You always hear of like Coptic Greek, you know, all, or a lot of the Gospels are, are actually written in Greek. A lot of it's preserved in that way. And that's simply because the Romans had occupied the, the Jewish nation for that long. Like they literally were under their occupation for hundreds of years. So throughout wow. that time, people naturally take on the customs of, you know, their occupants, I guess. You right. know, it makes sense. I didn't know what I was talking about. What was I You were talking about? about pagan holidays. Oh, so anyways, <laughs> yeah. What ended up happening was because a lot of these cultures already practiced them, and Christianity had quickly became a very dominant religion, Christianity simply absorbed them, absorbed the holidays, and created... Their own made their version. They they created their own Christian based version of these pagan <laughs> holidays. No, I mean it's the truth. It's really what happened. It's mm. just, I mean w- these are these are rituals that we've observed for many mm-hmm. many years. The reason we do it varies from person to person, but it's it really a, it's it's rooted in a lot of archaic knowledge though, which is what's I think is fascinating. I would like to know what it really originated from. And whenever you start to dig into it, you'll find that a lot of times it was very spiritually based things it's kind of it's it's almost like a commemorative holiday though it's a holiday of of acknowledging death which is something i think has been really convoluted in our society but i also think that it's okay to observe death within itself well talking about death and sort of a celebration of that it's also sort of the time of year that nature seems sort of dies oh yeah 
Yeah. You know, it is the change. You know, mm-hmm. the winter's coming, and all the leaves start to fall off the trees, change colors, fall all off the trees. All the leaves are falling. <laughs> all the... But yeah, no, I mean, it, it's celebrating, I, you say it's celebrating death, but it's also sort of... It's acknowledging the presence of, right. of lost ones. A lot of people debate what happens after we die. It's interesting because it's all, it's almost exclusively observed in a form of a release, some type of spiritual untethering from the physical realm. Almost all of it involves that. It's almost, it's supernatural in a sense. You know, a lot of people would say superstitious, but it's also very supernatural in a sense about the process. One of the reasons being is because we simply don't understand it. We simply don't understand what it encapsulates. It's one of those what great it is unknowns. to die. Right. I mean, people people die, you know, medically die and come back and talk about these these incredible experiences they had. You know, a lot of people do talk about, you know, things based in Christian ideologies, like even meeting Jesus and things of that nature. Um, and there's no one to say that, that that's not real. That's what's fascinating about it. Nobody can prove nor disprove it. Is it a mechanism that was triggered by a DMT release in your brain? Or was it simply a very profound experience? And, and or was it to, real? Or was it a glimpse into what happens afterwards? And it's nothing that, that we've we've never been able to create any conclusive evidence over it. Plus, it's kind of a morbid topic, right? Well, you know, I've said that even as a kid, we, we were always kind of fascinated by the unknown. Yeah. Somebody it only, kills it only, me. It only makes it only makes sense that right. we enjoyed this holiday, you know. Yeah, in this time of year, because even as a kid, I f- I feel like it just had a certain feel to it. Yeah, couldn't explain it. I couldn't at least. The magic of the season. I remember we would go trick presents. I remember we'd go trick or treating, and then we'd always go to our grandma's house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I remember, I we'd, remember. All, we'd always play games like outside and stuff because it was you know it was at nighttime we were mm-hmm. able to stay up a little later than normal yeah usually on a school night and our cousins would be there and we would you know play games and stuff in our costumes scaring yeah. each other outside I do remember that yeah I remember it was it was a Halloween when I was probably around six or seven and I remember oh my gosh was... you actually remember something at that age usually well, I'm the only, usually I'm the only there one that can remember that far back yeah. I remember I was probably around six or seven. And there were we were given these suckers. It were the it was the uh, suckers that had like a little battery powered thing that would make it light up. So like while you're <laughs> while you're, you're while you were licking the sucker down or whatever, there was a light in it that made it was like a pumpkin <laughs> sucker. It was really bizarre. It was strange. Gotcha. Actually, it sounds halfway dangerous to put you know something <laughs> like a battery in you know something that you're licking. But anyways, it existed, and it was real, and it was the sweetest fucking thing I'd ever tasted in my life. It was the most joyous. <laughs> was it because there was a lot? It, was, it had an aura coming off of it. Oh! After attempting to complete the unlickable Tootsie Row challenge, the sweetness of the sucker literally got to my stomach enough to where I actually puked for the first time in my life over eating candy. <laughs> which prior to this event had seemed impossible to me. People used to say that. Do you remember people saying that all the time? <laughs> I tell my daughter that all you're the time. Make do not eat too much. You're going to make your yourself sick. Say, right? that, you was, don't... that was the first time. You're like, Are you, do you know who I am? I had such a tolerance to sugar. I was such an animal. I remember that we used to get an allowance. <laughs> you remember we get allowance for like, a, I don't know, it was like a dollar a week or yeah. something, right? Which we would use to go then spend on like 
gumballs and sweets video cards. And, and video games. And I remember it was so <laughs> funny because we would have like, we would have accumulated like $5 to rent a video game for a week. Mm-hmm. And I remember like our dad always being like, $5 for a video game? Uh, you could have invested with that. <laughs> We love video games. I still love video still games. Do, I still yeah, do. I still waste my money on video games. <laughs> I'm 31. He was it's very traditional. He's very conservative <laughs> in his values, uh, you know, as far as expenditures and things of that nature. But anyways, I just remember that being younger, the demand was really to 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 get candy. But I remember I would make mine the most <laughs> sweet and scrumptious experience I'd ever had. So I would save up my money instead of spending it every week to get a bag of sweet tarts or something. I would save it up. And after like two or three months, I would go in and buy just a bunch of candy and get like a sugar rush off that shit for so like a go day. Go it was like getting high. a fix. I gotta get my fix. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you got it was like saving stuff. up for my fucking Going fix, to Walmart and say, hey, you got my stuff. And we just, we, just stalked the, we just stalked the aisle. Point me towards the pixie dust. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> And I would party. That was a, as a, as a young child. That's how I would party. I would get a bag full of sweet tarts, mid nineties, bubble gum, <laughs> and Airheads. You remember Airheads? Oh yeah, man, they're still good even to this day. The mid, to, you know, late nineties, which is a really cool time to be alive because there was a lot of, you know, I mean, that's during the technology boom, right? You know, there's a lot of innovation happening in yep. the technology sector. It was kind of the forerunning technology that established what we know as today. You know, cell phones, Wi-Fi, the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Internet. I mean, as I a whole, will. it's kind of, it all began there at that point in time. But it was a very, it was a really interesting time to be alive because it was very, there was a lot of life during that, that decade. So, one thing that, my girlfriend and I like to do during spooky season is we like to watch horror movies. Uh-huh. We kind of do like our version of 30 days of horror movies or whatever. We right, just, right. But, but what's been really fun is that Shelby hasn't, she's not, she's really not seen hardly any horror movies. Oh, that's a shame. So, <laughs> so I've seen a lot of them. I'm kind of a, and I, and I really enjoy horror movies. So it's kind of mm-hmm. been fun to kind of, for the first time to introduce her to a lot of these, Horror movies, and I try to show her a lot of the classics and things, and uh, but one of them that that we we've been watching um, and have seen some of them has been the Friday Thirteenth films. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is I mean, if anybody knows, even if you haven't seen them, yeah, they're not too is, bad. Is the franchise that the character Jason Voorhees comes from? Oh yeah. Um, which Jason is everybody is probably familiar as the hockey mask killer, you know, machete. seen a million spoofs and stuff done of it. But anyways, that's the film series that it comes from. And what's interesting about the Friday the 13th franchise is that there's like several films that have been released, several, right. even into the modern <laughs> era. Um, the lore becomes dense. <laughs> no, actually, I feel like in, in, I don't know, 2007 or something, it was mm-hmm. in the 2000s, I feel like they actually did like a remake. It was probably the most recent Friday the 13th film. Yeah, I released. think I remember that, yeah. Uh, I think before that, they had like a, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Fre- Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. I was not That's... a fan of that. Well, anyways, the point is, is that this franchise has been, has been going on for a very long time. But like a lot of these horror movies that that span over se- <laughs> for several 
decades, right? You know, like Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. They there there are times when certain people try to cut the story off, but then somebody else wants to pick it up, so they kind of create their own version, and then you just have all these. It, you might have a few really good ones, but then you have these weird <laughs> branch offs where they try to like create their own version of the character. So just to give you an idea, right, the right. Friday the Thirteenth films. Well, I have a quick question before Go you go any further. Even though there there are all these films that have been made centered around this particular character, do all of the movies hold continuity? Yes, to a degree. Really? <laughs> <laughs> to to a certain extent. Okay. But allow me to explain. So just to give you an idea how how these these franchises can spawn out. So the Friday thirteenth film, and by the way, for anybody that hasn't seen the film, spoiler alert. So mm-hmm. if you listen to anything past this, you're going to get a good portion of the films and the storyline. So yeah. you've been warned. This includes me because <laughs> I have not seen all oh, the movies. Well, uh, do, you, do you want me to continue? No, absolutely. Okay. So I'll give you the briefs, mm-hmm. but essentially explain how the Friday the 13th films span out. Okay. So initially, in the very first film... Jason Voorhees isn't even actually the killer in the film. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest twists, so at the end of the film, you essentially find out that Jason Voorhees' mother has been killing the people at the campgrounds. Right. So to give, to, to give you a little backstory, mm-hmm. her reasoning is, and how we even get the name Jason Voorhees, is that she used to be a cook at the camp when it was open years ago. And her son, Jason who was disabled and mm-hmm. terribly disfigured. At some point, while he's at camp at this lake, he drowns while he's swimming. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason why his mom is out killing because these people end up buying the actual campgrounds and they're trying to fix it up and reopen it. And then that's that's who ends up getting killed. Right. His mom comes Jason back. Jason strikes. Right. Out of vengeance because, you know, you, let, you, you stupid kids let my... People, kids like you let my son drown or whatever. So anyway, she gets killed in the end. It isn't until the second film that we're actually introduced to Jason Voorhees as the killer. And even in this film, he doesn't yet have his hockey mask. He actually wears <laughs> yeah overalls, mm-hmm. and he has a sack over his head, one cutout <laughs> for his eye. Like the most, one. you know cheapest looking hillbilly killer look but essentially you find out that Jason Voorhees apparently never drowned never really? actually drowned when he was a kid somehow survived it and has been living in the woods around the camp for most of his life because they find like a freaking shack that he's built and he's living out of why didn't he just so, go back home well they don't they never explain this it's just part of the <laughs> bizarre story i guess he i don't know he he was he, he maybe he thought he was lost and he didn't realize he was as close as he was but apparently the reason why he's killing in this movie is because he saw he witnessed his mother being killed on the campgrounds really seeing her being killed and that has initiated him into wanting to strike vengeance okay so, interesting fact, a lot of people that know, if you know anything about the Friday 13th films, or you know about Jason, a lot of people know about the sound that's always associated with him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that it goes, Oh, yeah, Actually, is saying, Ki-ki-ki-ma-ma-ma. Because essentially, he's killing for his mother. 
Seriously, look it up. That's actually what he's saying. That's the sound was somebody whispered into a mic making this, uh-huh. this sound, and that became notorious for. I wonder how much money they, they got. They, I, I wonder don't how much money somebody I'm got. I'm sure paid it was some that. underpaid sound guy. They were already working there. He was an intern. He wasn't even making money. He was just trying to learn how to be in the film industry. But anyways, so the point sign is, this paper saying I mean, you we're getting can't off, get any. Royalties. We're getting off track. So the point is, Jason loves his mom. Right. Mommy <laughs> loves Jason. Mommy gets killed. Jason goes on a killing rampage. So yeah. the second film unfolds, and at the end, you know, they find that in his weird little shack that he's built, there's his mother's head with like a little well, candles around it, like some kind of weird shrine or shrine, something to yeah. his mom. But anyways, they, you know, essentially kind of leave thinking that maybe Jason's dead after after they uncover his. His lair, and there's kind of a fight. How do they kill him? They fight. I think uh, somebody ch- chops him with a machete or something, cra- you know, uh-huh. some kind of creative kill. <laughs> but anyways, it always and it is. isn't until the third film that he finally acquires his hockey mask, his famous hockey mask that everybody's familiar with. Uh-huh. He gets his hockey mask off this poor guy named Shelly Finkelstein. Finkelstein. <laughs> no joke. Shelly Finkelstein was the name of this character, and he mm-hmm. was some Jewish boy, I guess, that was hanging out with his friends out of the cabin, mm-hmm. and he loved to play pranks on everybody. He was he was into acting. And some, I'm trying to remember all the backstories to it. At, any point, at some point, he scares a girl, and he's wearing a hockey mask and in a scuba gear. He gets killed, and Jason then picks up this hockey mask and apparently falls in love with it because for the rest of the films, he wears this <laughs> hockey mask, like, nonstop. That's the mask he goes to. No more sacks over my head. Right. I'm not going to just go raw dog and have no mask at all. Ugh. Because he's still, like, throughout the film. It's easier to breathe now. He, I, I don't know. I, and I guess it's, yeah. it's harder, so it's more secure. He can take more beatings. I right? mean, he doesn't really have a nose either, so it's not like it hurts so, his face. So right? the way these films unfold, okay, mm-hmm. up to this point, all the way up to the fourth film, Jason is essentially perceived as being this very physical person. <laughs> like he can be killed, he can be hurt. Uh-huh. He just even at the even at the end of the third film, he gets an axe to the head, and he somehow still wakes up out of his coma <laughs> in the in the mor in the morgue. He's waiting to be dissected. They think he's dead. He wakes up in the morgue, and and apparently that's not enough to finish him. So in his deranged state, he goes back on another killing spree <laughs> into the fourth film. Right, but at the end. This young boy named Tommy Jarvis right, comes right. to the rescue. Yeah. And he essentially kills Jason. Like, officially just ends this, this mm-hmm. character. And I guess originally that was supposed to be the end of the film series. And as someone who enjoys these movies, do you feel that it's a good ending to the whole, to the saga? Well, without me knowing the other films, I mean, sure, I guess so. Yeah. But obviously people loved it. <laughs> and they wanted more, right. and somebody saw an opportunity. They were like, okay, well, this guy's done directing them. it or whatever. I'm going to make my own version. <laughs> but the problem is, you've killed Jason Voorhees, the main right. character that everything centers around. So mm-hmm. how do you create a Friday 13th film when his mom's dead and the main and he's dead. person's dead as well? Right. Well, Chris, as always, it's been good. Absolutely. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms. And you can check us out on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real, stay righteous.